Hello, hello. Uh, welcome to the Thoughtful Edge podcast, hosted by Dmitro Savchanko, and this is episode number six. Today I'd like to discuss a quite an interesting and uh, challenging topic that I believe is relevant to everybody in their career journey. The topic is uh, navigating the leap from individual contributor to leadership mastery. And it's about the transition from individual contributor to leadership roles and the choices we need to make on this path. And uh, my guest today is Sam Habush, VP of Innovation Engineering at Kinesa. And uh, he has solid uh, background in engineering, in software engineering in particular, 25 years, and uh, which is solid and huge. And he's also my colleague and dear friend. So Sam, could you please introduce yourself and uh, tell us about your current role at Kinesa and what is it interesting you do? Hi, Dima. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me here. This is really an uh, honor. So I um, I can introduce myself. I have uh, right now I'm a VP of uh, Innovation Engineering, and what that means is that I focus on the innovation aspect of the engineering department within Kineso. You know, there is a lot of uh, problems that kind of differ between um, innovation R and D, research and development, and you know when you have low certainty around what you're building, what you're trying to discover in the conventional engineering discipline where we're creating stories and adding features um, that customers have requested, you know, through a regular Scrum or Agile process. And so that requires different tools, different milestones, different processes and different adaptations. And so I lead the teams that help bridge that gap, um, taking a product from R&D to uh, production-ready, um, customer-facing uh, product. Nice, nice. Thank you. Yeah, this is a really important job and a really important role because sometimes there are projects that just cannot be done because uh, nobody can just uh, put it in production and uh, productize that the way that uh, anybody can use it and uh, not just be run and executed on some local laptop. Okay, so uh, uh, let's come back to our main topic. Uh, having so many years of experience, like you went through, I can imagine, uh, like everything. You worked in different positions, different companies, different roles. And uh, how did you first identify your desire to transition from uh, IC, individual contributor, to a leadership role uh, in, in the engineering space? Okay. Okay, Dima. So, you know, I like stories. So I'm going to actually, you know, tell you what happened to me, my story um, towards, you know, thinking about leadership and actually focusing on that more more than my engineering skills, perhaps. Uh, you know, when you finish school, you've, you've learned a lot about how to engineer software. You think you know about that topic, you know, enough to be employed. And then you discover actually there is a big gap between what you learned at school and then what actually happens in the industry there is a lot of missing pieces and so you start building these and you really develop this fervor almost love for you know learning new things and how to craft faster highly scalable super mega data oriented you know the cool new language and the cool new framework and so you're running after these things because you know what once you know all of these you'll you'll be so effective so fascinatingly, you know, uh, productive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then someone comes who 
probably doesn't know as much as you know about all these new cool things and you know changes the equations by asking a few questions or by making a presentation about very probably high level you know topic that i have not thought about or considered because i was busy with the lines of code and all the other mechanics and so like you know that made me at some point having had that from very talented leaders in my organizations that i worked in at the time made me stop and uh, think oh maybe it's not about what i thought you know it is and then my journey began you know i'll, I'll let you continue because you know that's then maybe the beginning that's when i thought okay what i'm doing is not what's gonna make me 10x um that's not what's gonna make the project succeed that's not what is gonna break the next big thing i have to do something else and i started looking at these leaders and what they do yeah and and, and hence you know it moved from there yeah. nice nice what what's an interesting perspective so you use engineer you'll be looking at the products how you can scale the product actually and then you realized oh how can i scale myself and uh, is it just learning another language is it learning another framework and then yeah like there is something else that i need to do on this on this journey to uh, scale myself it's just not solved uh through uh, some uh, ordinary stuff or the things that you get used to do so what were the key skills or experiences you identified as uh, required to develop in order to make this transition transition successful yeah you know they they didn't all come about at the same time but um you know i i would say that people is the focus of this you know i was just telling you that i looked at other people and i noticed observed that they are much more effective despite maybe not having all the knowledge in all the spaces that i knew about i knew all the cool frameworks so really people focus is really an important skill i would say it is maybe the most important so when you look at the software project people like just generally focus on you know what database are you using what what technology are you using agile or not and you know some other questions related to the mechanics but really like i think once you become a leader you have to first look at the people have you hired the right team? How is the team working together? What is the culture within the team? You know, and uh, and so on. Are they happy? Are they comfortable? Are they commuting too far, et cetera, et cetera. I think people focus in all their aspects. That's really one important one. The second one is that not to be victim to yourself, I would say. So um, I have, you know, bad habits. Sometimes I don't think carefully before I speak. I might be emotional in some conversations, you know, things, you know, I'm just a human and I have these flows. And I would say that I, I've heard that again from other people and I've like just noticed the difference that it makes. You have to be conscious and deliberate and measured about your responses to stimuli around you in the environment in order to be effective at influencing it towards a positive outcome. So your natural reactions might not be the best ones that you can come up with. I think that's an important, really, uh, skill that I would say for leadership. Yeah. Nice. Uh, no. Yeah. Anything okay. else? Okay. Yeah, resonates with me as well. And uh, 
I was also uh, contemplating this idea of like to be able to talk to different people, uh, you need to use different language. Uh, but if you'll start using different language, then you might lose your authenticity. It is was way this was my way of thinking. But then I've read somewhere an interesting idea which says which says actually that it's not you change it's not about changing your authenticity, it's just using an adapter to your language, the way you use for the outlet socket to when you travel to different countries you need you need this adapter to use your appliances or your smartphone charger or whatever you're still the same you're still using this uh, you still have the same soul you still have the same ideas but you just use the adapter to be able to communicate them successfully and and effectively to other people yeah good perspective yeah i agree with and still, like having this solid background in engineering and uh, having uh, spent so many hours doing the coding on research or some technical stuff, it might if, it might be tough for one to balance that technical expertise with the new responsibility of the leadership. So, like, what is your answer to that? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a. You know, this is actually, it's interesting. My answer to this is it's going to be related to also some of the, maybe not skills, but perspectives that I gained. So that the previous question, you know, I, I genuinely made the mistake of thinking I'm going to learn everything. <laughs> I actually thought that is like, that was an intention. And, you know, to me today, I think that was deluded and, you know, perhaps ambitious, but maybe unrealizable. And so I think one of the things that I had to become comfortable with is that that balance means losing some battles with technology and delegating them to my team. So, you know, becoming really part of the team and allowing myself to allow other people to excel in things that I, I don't have the time or the focus to do so. So that comes to, you know, the skill to trust others, the, the skill to understand your own limitations. Like you are not going to be, you know, that all knowledgeable God that you think you can uh, if you try it hard enough. And that just changes everything, you know, around that. You know, uh, that's not to say that I am not spending time to learn what I think is interesting and that matters to my company, my organization, or my next big thing. But that gives me the focus to say, like, I'm going to learn that much and then let the rest of the team take care of the rest. And, and that works, yeah. Yeah, completely understand you. Yeah. I also have this natural temptation all the time. Oh, like, I need to learn about that thing more. Like, let me dive. Let me let me read some of these manuals. Like, let me run. Let me try to run this app and uh, see how it goes, you know, how it works. <laughs> this is this is really a challenge. This is really a challenge. Do you, can you remember any other challenges that was uh, difficult for you to uh, grasp and uh, get the idea of, like, how, how these people are being successful in the leadership roles? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I think you're talking generally uh, like, you know, other challenges that were faced as I make the transition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would say letting go of details was really difficult. You know, as an engineer, you have this habit actually to like master your craft so deeply. Like, you know, I used to like 
review every line of code or you know know everything there there is to know about spring or java or haskell or whatever you know other technology that at hand and then like actually then moving to focus on outcomes for your people or you know the the team or having a vision that is very blurry it's a high level you know thing so that you have to like rethink what you're looking at you know at a very i think different uh, abstraction level i would say yeah that that was really tough i think also having to learn then to like deal with a lot of people uh from different styles so you know you're the communication of the team if you're leading you're a team lead or a department lead so your your colleagues then will vary so you might join a team with a culture that is really healthy and you're happy everybody is great because you're an IC within a team that fits you. You agreed to just join that group and work with them. But as a team lead or a, an organization lead, you cannot escape dealing with DevOps and you didn't choose them or you didn't, you couldn't escape to work, uh, to work with marketing and you didn't choose them, but you have to, or HR or, you know, and, and so you'll, you'll be that kind of interface. And so that flexes a lot of muscles in your brain and heart that did not have to, um, you know, be flexed when you're dealing with computers and your small community of, uh, of uh, developers on your team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this is very true. All the stakeholders, maybe uh, some some of your other peers that you need to negotiate with. Yeah, yeah, maybe sometimes you don't want to do it, but like it is, it is what it is. It is needed to accomplish your project successfully. Maybe they have some knowledge or they have some resources that you. Uh, don't possess at this current moment and they help you yeah it's it's all about communication yeah. and um, if you're talking about the communication how you ensure the effective communication between your team members mm. especially when you're dealing with the complex engineering project yeah it's a very good question actually and i i have to say you know, um, one of the things that I, I think I heard, and then now I just repeat all the time, communication is everything. So, like, you, you just asked me about everything. And I think that's really an extremely important aspect that we have to think about. So, you know, to me as well, that even is more compounded in a remote world after the pandemic. So since the pandemic, that becomes even more challenging and requires more thought and consideration from leadership in any organization. So to me, I think I, I try, you know, very hard to provide the best tools that I can. You know, uh, I see people without good mics, without internet, without cameras, without good cameras, you know, without, you know, maybe like in the wrong time zone, in the like, or, or in a different time zone, there is no wrong time zone there, all right? <laughs> You know, et cetera, et cetera, a lot of challenges. So any tool that I can provide, I think it's worth the money. So I would buy people the cameras if they're missing. I would improve their laptops if they can't cope with the calls, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, if Teams is the right tool or Slack is the right tool or whatever it is that is needed to make that happen, you know, I uh, uh, like spare no effort to make sure that this happens. And also, I think I, I try to, you know, uh, set some expectations and habits for the team. So, like when we join, before we start, we have cadence, habits, and routines. I think that becomes more natural. I noticed if you leave it organic, it becomes really depends. 
So I would rather the opposite. We start with a good like base that we say, okay, that's what most of us will do. And then if there are exceptions, maybe, you know, someone cannot follow these expectations or habits, you know, accommodations are always made. Uh, so that's okay. And then maybe, you know, I, I, I did the, the easy stuff. I mean, I, in my view, tools and expectations are easy. But then I think the more difficult but more important also is the culture that we create within the team. So trust, you know, if you love your colleagues, you don't need someone to, to, tell, to tell you to communicate with them. You're looking for an opportunity already, right? Uh, like what right. happens between us, right? And, right? That, that's, that's just natural. For sure. And then uh, and the freedom. So, you know, like you, you should not feel that you cannot express yourself within your teams. That's really important. So there's like, that comes also from the trust and safety and the culture that you create, you create around this. And also making it fun, you know, for people, um, you know, useful and available and inclusive. You have the quiet people, the not, not you know, the loud people, the not, non-stop talking people, etc., etc. And you have to like make sure the balance, to balance give ev- give everybody a word. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's what I would say about communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's really important, and uh, I would also like to emphasize that. Uh, like point that you'd rather give everybody an opportunity to express themselves, like even uh, explicitly asking everybody in the room, like, what is your opinion on the topic? Yeah. Uh, because sometimes, like we engineers, we uh, like, sometimes we are shy of, sometimes we uh, just don't want to say anything because like we feel comfortable <laughs> without that. But if uh, if we're given a stage, we can uh, definitely make a difference by introducing some our like unique perspective or some our thoughts and ideas. Yeah, it's very important encouraging this communication too during some of these meetings and don't and not forgetting about the people who might be not that vocal as uh, somebody else as well. Okay, let's move on then. How do you manage the expectation and career development for your team members while still meeting the project goals and deadlines? Yeah, another challenging area, but I think like, you know, I've got a couple of tricks uh, up, up my sleeves. So, you know, to me, I do my best to match projects and people's aspirations or interests um, in my organization. You really don't want to ask someone to do something for eight hours a day when they hate it. That's a tough like ask that is doomed to fail most of the time, or at least like be suboptimal for both the organization and the person involved. So I think that helps if you can do that. You hire people that are interested in the job, or you find jobs for the people that you've hired that they are interested in. That's really one one important thing. And, um, you know, sometimes, of course, you know, there is expectation to do things that are not nice, but they should not be the dominant part of your, your job on a regular basis. And then, you know, that's, that's make, makes people happy. But then the other side is career. How do they get promotions? You know, how, how do you do performance reviews, et cetera, et cetera. And to me, this is really transactional. I like this one to be transactional because it's naturally emotional. You know, if, if, if people do not have clear expectations in order to move up or get a particular grade, etc. then it becomes a guesswork and a lot of emotions. And, and that is, it's already emotional. So it becomes really difficult. 
So I like it really to be transactional. I would agree with most of my people on a contract, like if we deliver this way, with this quality, mostly numeric, something either binary or numeric, like we finish project X before day X, that's binary or numeric. We get $90,000 before that date in income or in like customer acquisition, whatever it is, then you will become from that role to that role or from that title to that title. I think that for me, or you will get that grade or whatever it is. And so I think that makes then when the, come, when the time comes to talk about it, it becomes a really easy um, conversation. Yeah, so that's kind of the two approaches, the contract-based approach for career management and also the attempt to make people happy and interested in what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I will totally agree with that too. Like as more as more you trust people and uh, as more you uh, demonstrate them your uh, like good intentions and uh, your trust in them and uh, uh, you or you're just... Uh, that believe in their success and uh, like encourage them to go to go forward and to uh, to uh, to make an extra mile in their effort to achieve something. Yeah, this is very important. Yeah, I noticed that also that allows them to negotiate. If you agree beforehand on a contract, just like a contract with any company, you might you know before you sign it, you might say, "Oh, can I check on this clause?" Or no, I don't think I can. You know, sign this one. This is too much money, or whatever it is. So you know that actually really makes it like a two-way communication at the beginning, at the right time, instead of a surprise. You know, towards the end, or you know, of a cycle, or a time for a promotion, or you know, something like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that makes total sense. However, there are uh, often, or not often, depending on the team, there are the conflict situations and disagreements, and uh, especially when it comes to technical decisions, like what tool we, we should use, like what programming language or database we should choose for that or another uh, task or that or another problem. Uh, how do you handle these conflicts? What other strategies you might suggest? Mm. Yeah. Okay, so this is this is this is a big one, you know. Again, because it has people and emotions, so it's it's another big one. So, you know, I, I would say I started this actually with myself. You know, I used to have these actually con conflicts as well. I used to think what you've just done, person X, is wrong, and and what I said should be done is right. This has to go. <laughs> this is the first thing I started with myself to understand. Actually, in tech, there is no right or wrong. You know, even if you take the most obvious examples, there is no right or wrong. There is just trade-offs. And um, I think, you know, I, I try to help my people and coach them towards looking at everything in tech that, that same, you know, exact way. And then that helps them not to take, a, take it personal and just see the other trade-offs. So we've just lost something and we gained something else or the reverse, and, and that's how it works. You know, so once I, I got that out of myself, now I feel like I can look at this, you know, uh, easier uh, or, or help like people as well get there. And then I think we should start early. You know, people who actually I, I, I focus on my hiring on that side are these people easily like offended or they have very high ego or look at the world with right or wrong lens. And I think I try to avoid that uh, hire. If I start, I think that's really important in my team. I'd like to not have those people uh, get in. 
And then I think the care and the genuine trust of the team members. So you need to really plan that trust so that the conversation become not about who's right and who's wrong, but rather about what is best for all of us. And then also look at every piece of technical decision as an experiment. Nothing works always or fails always. And it is complex to make these decisions. And hence, there is nothing to say we should experiment with X before Y or Y before X. And it's never too late to run the next experiment. So I am also trying to, you know, always, you know, encourage the team to look at these things in that way. Um, and then, you know, also you look for the win-win. I oftentimes see that actually uh, two sides that have two different opinions, if they actually stop, they will find that you can get both. You know, for example, you might have solution X hybrid with solution uh, Y, or you might actually find this that- This is my favorite, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, they just need to think about it. Try to find a win-win instead of trying to win. Try and try the other side to win as well. So, you know, I always like try to look for these solutions so that everybody is happy. And then, you know, if these all things, you know, don't work, we really have to trust a leader or a third party to take that, to make that decision and, you know, work on disagree and commit. So we ultimately cannot do both. And we, but because we trust each other and that's how the team works, we'll trust, you know, Sam or Dima or, you know, some other lead or a third, even developer on the team that we trust to make a decision for us and we'll move on. I think these are kind of mostly the, the measures that I, I take. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, agreed completely like the balance you need to you need to find the balance the right balance between uh the pros and cons like uh, benefits outcomes and uh, how it uh, all will play together ultimately ultimately in the result i would also add that it's important to keep an eye on the eyes on the price like to see like the whole picture what are you going to achieve what do you want to achieve and uh, what is the goal of this whole exercise and uh, what is the most efficient efficient way to do that yeah, yeah nice yeah good strategies thank you for sharing so um and uh moving on what advice would you give to an individual contributor considering a transition to a leadership role in our engineering field yeah no, I, uh, I, I, I would say that you genuinely have to want to do it. And I think I would, I would advise him to ask that question and really do some research on what that entails before deciding that, yeah, I, I sharing you with your manager or applying for a job in that, in that kind of role. You know, it changes you. It changes what you do on a day-to-day. -day. It requires other effort. And so if you really don't want to do it and you're not sure, you might fail and put yourself in a position that is not favorable or happy for you or others as well. So it's really important to study that. And then once you discover like you, or you decide that this is the thing for you, I would say, as we said, people, look for people who've done it. Look for the people who've done it successfully and learn what they do. Um, read books about the topic. There are classics. There are successful ones. Go ahead and read them. You know, subscribe to a blog or something about the topic. Again, leadership and things like that. Don't wing it. Don't think you're talented. 
it has subscribe been subscribe to uh, subscribe to the thoughtful edge podcast for example yes exactly subscribe to Dimas <laughs> yeah to Dimas podcast I think that would be a great resource uh, so yeah I, I think that's that's really an important one and also I would recommend them not to fall in the trap of becoming a mere manager to be a leader is very different from being a simple manager who you know like is the boss in a team that is not what you want to do i would advise them not to aspire towards that try to be a leader that people follow you not you drag them and that's really a, a big difference yeah yeah all the modern studies uh, suggest exactly what you just said like the people will he, will feel happier if they will have the leader instead of a manager the person who would listen to them who would appreciate their work who would uh, encourage to build trust uh, between the team members and uh, uh, it's just yeah having empathy and uh, ability to negotiate finding the right balance between different decisions it's all uh, important important side of that and uh, I also would like to emphasize on the the most important question whether you want to do that or not like maybe it's not for you I've seen I've seen examples when people would become uh, will take on some leadership position and then work work there for a while and then decide to move back to an IC role because they realize that it's not something they wanted to do anymore and uh, they just want to enjoy the coding uh, they just want to, aspect of coding, yeah yeah they just want to enjoy whatever they get used to doing and they uh, got pretty happy about that and yeah looking at but if you will ultimately decide yeah the most uh, obvious thing is definitely look at someone who already did that and uh, what are these uh, attributes and characteristics what are the skills they possess that you don't at this moment and uh, uh, like just try to fill these gaps and uh, it will all come ultimately okay uh, let's move on uh, it is the crazy world now and uh, the technology is developing at so quick pace that uh, it's very hard to stay up to date with the latest development in technologies in uh, software and uh, uh, the whole AI and uh, uh, other stuff that's appearing every day like every uh, programming languages that's uh, popping up here and there, like uh, in masses. And uh, how do you stay up to date with all of that? And how do you encourage continuous learning within your team? Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I, I really like to make learning uh, a discipline process, not an optional one. I fell in that also mistake before. It's like, yeah, you know, I've got that book uh, on the shelf that I, I'm going to read. But, you know, today was a busy day. So I'm going to skip today, but, but tomorrow I am going to read it. Okay, that's like, I'm going to read a couple of pages tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and after. And, and so, you know, that lack of methodological, methodological, the right word, you know, uh, methodic, like, approach to learning is, I think, problematic and it causes me some trouble. And then I learned that really discipline is probably one of the most important things about learning that you need to do. You cannot skip it. And, and so I set up a minimum 
I have on my mobile a reminder every day at a particular time that now it's the time to read. And so I, 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 I do that. So that's, uh, that's really important. And then I would say as well that listening and allowing others to teach you is really important. So in a lot of meetings, uh, people spend the meeting talking instead of listening. And I think if they reverse that or like, you know, invested in listening, they will learn actually. Uh, because other people are talking about things. You'll be in a meeting about security and people will talk about security and you learn something about security. You'll be talking, uh, you'll hear them talking about AI, which is all the hype today, you know, and then you'll learn something about AI, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's a habit I am trying to develop and improve you know, upon. And then obviously, as well, as I told you earlier as well, I subscribe to some, you know, selected set of uh, like resources online to send me the latest summaries, podcasts, like, you know, yours but, or, or others are, you know, technical. Uh, and then I listen, I scavenge some time to listen to these or read these, waiting my wife to get dressed or listening to a podcast while driving the kids to school or back from dropping them at school, et cetera, et cetera. It's a challenge, but I think, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Then just by setting this example of yourself learning all the time, uh, the other uh, team members of your team can just follow. They will look at you and realize, oh, this guy is doing something interesting. I will probably try to do the same. Yeah, this is a good point. Uh, nevertheless, uh, we are coming to the end uh, of our today conversation, and I have the last question for you, which uh, I believe is an interesting one, and uh, related to everything what is going on now in the market with the AI and uh, some latest development in that field. What is the future of engineering leadership, and uh, how? this appearance of uh, AI bot chat GPT might affect that? And what are the other trends that you observe in the market? Yeah, I, I am still like, not sure about how uh, chat GPT will affect the, um, the leadership um, in organizations and enterprise. I feel, though, that AI in general will have a huge impact in the future um, because it will be able to give many insights that leaders lack today. They rely on tools that are not as effective or able, uh, they're not as able to interpret the data that we have. So a lot of organization, you'll find that either the tools to collect the data is broken or the insights from the data are manually or human made. And so they're less methodical or, you know, uh, based um, on someone's bias towards how to look at this data or even serving the purpose of not upsetting the leader. And so, you know, they have to look beautiful, et cetera, et cetera. I think in the future, the data will be collected automatically and the insights will be presented hard and dry on the leader's you know, desk. And so maybe more effective decisions will be made. You know, this is, could be really uh, positive if we also maintain our human aspect so we look at the data we understand the reality but yet you know the decision should not be like merely on a non-human kind of uh interpretation of it but yeah i think it will help a lot and i think that's that's an exciting thing to product to look at maybe in the future maybe that's the next yeah. AI, you know uh, sorry uh, uh, startup 
leadership through AI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe there are plenty of uh, such products already in development <laughs> by yeah, different yeah. groups and companies. Yeah. Okay, okay. So thank you so much for coming to the to my podcast today. It was a very interesting conversation. Is there any last of piece of advice you want to give listeners uh, on our topic? Yeah, yeah. I want to actually recommend people, whether they want to be leaders or not, to have a mentor or a role model. I think this goes along with the trust in other people. And also, uh, it gives you, hopefully, an, uh, a more uh, impartial mirror for yourself. And makes you really, I think, a much better leader overall. Do not rely on yourself to walk that journey on your own. You know, have, walk it with others. You, you'll be more successful. That, that would be my last word there. Great, great. Thank you so much. This is very useful. And uh, yeah, have uh, a good rest of your day and uh, good luck, everyone. Bye.